son therefore shall make you free, he shall be freed indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for September 11th, 2011. So it's 9-11. Uh, this is the teaching for that date. And we're going to talk, start out talking today about some things about 9-11. And um, uh, I've sent out a lot of warnings this week regarding false flag events on the soil. I mean, you wouldn't have to have got anything from me. It's all over the news. Uh the different headline every time I check CNN uh, regarding 9-11 and potential for Al-Qaeda attacks upon the USA. So uh, I put out some alerts this week on the newsletter, and uh, a lot of times these are things, breaking current events like that, uh, I won't even cover in a given teaching because they're come and gone so quick. Uh, mostly I send those out regarding just prayer about a given situation. Hopefully uh, nothing's going to happen today, but there should have been a lot of posturing regarding that. And um, today we're going to be talking about a lot of different subjects, uh, a lot with some with 9-11, not, not harping on 9-11, but uh, some with 9-11 and um, a lot of other different things that are going on um, around the world Big Brother type things, things advancing the uh, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgendered agenda, the pedophilia, how that, we're going to be getting into that quite a bit today as well, how they're trying to legitimize that. Uh, Just some mind-blowing topics that we're actually going to be covering today. And so, go ahead and start off here with an article from Fox News. And remember, this is Fox. This is a secular source, so they're they're telling it from a secular standpoint. And I'll interject. I try to interject the biblical standpoint as we kind of go along in Scripture as well. So it starts off by saying, "A weekend of religious themed observations at the Washington National Cathedral, making the 10th anniversary of 9/11 terrorist attacks, will include a Buddhist nun." Wow. I've never heard of a Buddhist nun. I mean, it's like the commingling of Catholicism and Buddhism now, evidently. Um, so it's a Buddhist nun and an Islamic imam, but not an evangelical Christian. Now, this is, again, written from the Fox News standpoint. Uh, if, you know, now well, we'll, we'll get into that subject later, but I just thought it was interesting that these religious-themed observances at the Washington National Cathedral regarding September 9-11, that they would include an Islamic imam. Supposedly, you know, they're the ones that flew the planes into uh, the Trade trade Center towers. And um, why in the world would you possibly do that? I mean, why would you even go there, including an Islamic imam, when they're the ones that took credit for 9/11. Now, I do not believe that they were the ones that were the mastermind behind that by any stretch of the imagination. And I put many, many emails out regarding that. The, the proof is totally beyond overwhelming that 9/11 was an inside job, with our own wonderful government being the mastermind behind that. And there is a link I will give you uh, in this PDF. And there's a PDF associated with every teaching that I do, other than the early, early uh, 
teachings that I did, like all the way back to like 06, 07. Some of those didn't have PDFs, but pretty much nowadays I try to put up a PDF which serves as my template for every teaching. And I will give you, I'm going to give you a link to the, um, there's so many on the internet that debunk 9-11 from so many different angles. But I would say the best overall one that I've seen is called Loose Change uh, 9-11. And uh, you can just key it in and Google. View the Loose Change Final Cut. That's the most current one. It's just, you know, the, the evidence is so overwhelming. Uh, but anyway, it's ironic that, I, you know, they would, they would involve an Islamic imam in the uh, religious celebration ceremonies for 9-11, I thought. Uh, they do not have an evangelical Christian. And then it goes on to say, leading the head of the Southern Baptist Convention to ask President Obama to reconsider um, uh, his decision, evidently, for this. Well, my response would be 2 Corinthians six fourteen and 15, which says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord, which means like an agreement, hath Christ with Belial, which is like the devil. Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? In other words, I wouldn't want any part of this apostate, reprobate, heretical, religious gathering, melting, melding, pot of all these different religions, false religions that are going to lead people straight to hell at the cursed Washington Cathedral. You know, like ground zero for apostasy and uh, evil, as far as I'm concerned. Which actually uh, sustains some significant damage in the uh, earthquake, as well as the Washington Monument, the largest obelisk or phallic symbol on the planet, 666 feet from its base underground to the tip, 555 feet from just the ground up, but it goes down another 111 feet. So it's 666 feet. Oh, I'm sure there's no occult connection there. Largest obelisk you know, on the planet. Uh, and that sustained damage too. I was you know, really hoping God would finish the job there on that thing. I mean, there's so much occult architecture in Washington, D.C. It's literally a fallen angelic demonic magnet or ground zero for America. And it's no wonder that the government's so wicked and evil and sanctions so many wicked, evil things and it's only increasing. Well, the architecture from the, from the very beginning that it was laid out was was laid out in a very occult pattern. And if you don't believe that, go up on the internet and key in Riddles in Stone. Cutting Edge is the one you can, I think, buy the actual video from CuttingEdge.org. Riddles in Stone. Uh, and watch that documentary. It's pretty irrefutable, again. And it gets into all the the things that were done when the Capitol was first made. So that, that's a good educational tool. Going back to this article, it says, A call to compassion, this is what I, evidently the event is called, this religious event at the 
cathedral, Washington Cathedral, a call to compassion will include an interfaith prayer vigil September 11th. It will feature the dean of the cathedral, the bishop of Washington, a rabbi, a Buddhist nun, an incarnate lama. Wow, an incarnate lama. That's the one I hadn't heard of before. It's kind of like the... Uh, as much as I could gather, it's it's almost like a... Not the Dalai Lama. Okay. But it's like... I don't know. A, not a Dalai Lama in waiting, but kind of like a, a, you know, a second tier, like you have the Pope and then you have the Cardinals and, you know, below. I guess it's, it's along those lines, the incarnate Lama. Um, and... Uh, I thought it was actually a llama when I first heard about it. It was this furry thing they're going to... Llama they bring in there from like Tibet or something and they march him up on stage. Anyway, sorry, just kidding. Anyway, an incarnate llama, a Hindu priest... I mean, hey, the gang's all here! What's not the like about this apostate reprobate mess? Huh? Come on. Why can't we all just lighten up a little? And then, the president of the Islamic Society. I mean, what? What better choice? He should be the keynote speaker. I mean, in the Quran, it tells them that they are mandated, and I've given all the scriptures before out of the Quran, to destroy the infidels, the non-believers in Islam, to behead them, to slay them, to show them no mercy. That's what America is to them. It's the great Satan. Yet, they've got the president of the Islamic Society speaking at the 9-11 religious whatever. I mean, it is such, it is, it is such insanity. I, I, it just boggles the mind, the insanity that I, I see. I mean, this teaching today is just... I was speechless after I got done uh, highlighting this. I, I got done with this uh, about a day and a half ago and... and my head was spinning. I, I couldn't even believe what I was reading. A lot of the stuff we're going to get into today. Uh, the Bible does say, evil men and seducers shall wax, meaning grow, worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived regarding the end times. And man, is that true today. So, uh, the president of the Islamic Society of North America and a Muslim mu- music, music, mu- musician, sorry, tongue tied there for a second. So they got two... Muslim Islamic guys. It's not enough to have just one, they gotta have a couple. However, Southern Baptists, representing the nation's largest Protestant denomination, were not invited to participate. And neither were leaders from any evangelical Christian organization. Uh, Frank Page, president of the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee, said it's not surprising. There is a tragic intolerance toward Protestants, and particularly toward Evangelicals, and I wish the President would refuse to speak unless it was more representative. All right. He's a Muslim. I mean, Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, was born and raised a Muslim. Born in Kenya, then Indonesia, was, was schooled in Islam, has admitted it in speeches, is totally disqualified to be a our president. He's, he has no... He, if, if anything, he's an illegal alien. From the documentation that I've seen, he's not even here legally. 
much less qualified or vetted to be the president of the United States. But, I mean, what better guy to put at the helm of America with the blueprint to destroy, to put the final nail in America, than a guy that would hate America to the deepest core? Because you can't find a religion that really teaches more hatred, I'm talking like a large-scale religion, toward the United States than Islam. You, there's, I mean, maybe you can make a case for this or that, but I, I, Islam's going to be right near the top of the list. So you put a guy that's not even qualified to be president, basically an illegal alien, in the office of president, which has, Islam has a, a high inherent hatred toward um, America, with the blueprint and with the game plan to destroy America, you know, and this is what we're getting from this guy. Going further, it says, Richard Weinberg, the cathedral's director of communications, confirmed that Southern Baptists were not extended an invitation to participate. He said, quote, the goal was to have interfaith representation. He told Fox News Radio, then he said, quote, the cathedral itself is an Episcopal church, and it stands to reason that our own clergy serves as Christian representatives. Well, they've got their own prophets of Baal at their own church, so they don't need to bring in, you know, anyone else. They've got that covered. I mean, they're sold out to Satan. They're hirelings. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. You know, they have no true love for the brethren. They're ministers of Satan, transformed or masquerading as ministers of light, as the Bible talks about. They're serving Satan well. They're of their father the devil, and of his works and of his lust, they will do. They're white and sepulchers full of dead man's bones, as Jesus called the Pharisees and Sadducees. They look all nice on the outside, but inwardly, they're full of dead man's bones. They're serving Satan well. No better place to really serve them than at the Washington, D.C. National Cathedral. I can't imagine a more apostate, cursed, evil building to, to uh, you know, do your thing for Satan out of. Well, they're doing it. I mean, don't think I'm biased. Come on. I mean, I'm not, like, adamant about this. I'm just giving you my opinion. Anyway, sorry. Uh, he said the Washington National Cathedral serves as, quote, the spiritual home for the nation. You know, I've always referred to it like, I mean, in my heart of hearts, that's how I've always felt about the Washington National Cathedral. It was always my spiritual home for, for the, US, the good old U.S. of A. And then, as such, he said, quote, diversity was first and foremost a factor in the planning. So they have to have diversity. Well, see, in order to have a one-world religion with the chief backbone of that religion being witchcraft, which it will be witchcraft, I mean, any false religion, the backbone of it is witchcraft. Whether it's, you know, devil Catholicism, pseudo-white witchcraft, whether it's Hinduism, Buddhism, Zoroastrianism, animism, you name it. Islam as well, you go to the highest levels and you get beyond the laity and you get beyond all the lies and all the fluff. It's witchcraft at the very and the thing is is the Bible says when when the false prophet and the Antichrist arise to power, 
They're going to deceive the whole world through lying signs and wonders and miracles. Whereby which they will deceive the whole world. What is the basis of the lying signs and wonders and miracles? Well, obviously it's witchcraft. Okay, and, and they're going to meld under one a one world religion. Most likely with Catholicism being the umbrella that all the other religions come under. It's just from an infrastructure standpoint, it's probably the best equipped to do that. And uh, I know there's other biblical arguments you could use as well. Uh, but this is where we're going to have the big, great apostate melting pot. And uh, that's why diversity was the first and foremost thought regarding this 9-11 uh, you know, factoring in things. That's why he said that. So diversity was the main thing. Well, Christianity, the reason that they can't, they, they don't want to include any true Bible-believing Christians in any type of thing like that is because Bible-believing Christianity is exclusive. It's not diverse. It's not like all religions lead to the same spot. The Bible says, Broad is the way which leadeth to destruction, and many that be that go thereat. Narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. Most people want to earn their way to heaven. Most people want to say, Well, look at me. I'm a good Muslim, or I'm a good Catholic, or I'm a good Jehovah Witness, or Mormon, or Seventh-day Adventist. Or Methodist, or... Whatever. A lot of people, Baptists, you name any denomination, there's tons of people within that denomination, even if supposedly they teach, you know, for you're saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Even if they teach that, that's Ephesians 2, 8, 9, a lot of them don't adhere to it. Not saying that once you're saved, works should not follow. You can show someone your faith by your works, but if you think your works are getting you into heaven, and you're earning your way to heaven, well then it's no more of grace. Then the finished work of Christ is not what actually paid the price. And I've done a whole teaching on salvation. You can click on it on the top of the uh, contendingfortruth.com website in they're, really, the teachings should be listened to in the order that they're listed. Because I get into baptism, and then overcoming, and bearing the cross of Christ, and the things that come after salvation, that type of thing. I've done a whole bunch of separate studies on that subject. Jesus said in John fourteen six, uh, confirming what I just said, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto, unto the Father but by me. Not by Buddha, not by Confucius, or whoever, the Imam Mahdi, they can't have that at any type of event like this. They cannot have exclusivity. It has to be inclusivity. Everything has to be included. All religions are on an equal playing field. Well, they are. They'll all take you to hell. All these religions, they'll, they'll take you to the same place. Just a little different flavor. John 10, 7 says, Then Jesus said unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. So Jesus Christ is the door for the sheepfold. 
a born-again Bible-believing Christian is considered like a sheep, one of his flock. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. That's When I think about this cathedral thing, these all these apostate reprobates there, that's what I think about. They're thieves and robbers. They're emissaries of Satan with their main goal from a satanic standpoint to get you into hell and then the lake of fire, which is Satan's ultimate resting place. He's not going to rest. Satan wants to take as many people with him as he possibly can. That's what his goal is. So I view all these other reprobates up there as thieves and robbers. Then he that goes on to say, but the sheep did not hear them. So a true born-again Bible-believing Christian, not to say we can't ever be deceived, by any stretch of the imagination, but ultimately, we're going to hear the Lord Jesus Christ. Ultimately, we're going to hear Him. We're going to figure it out one way or another. But again, that's why the Bible says you, you can be destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, you could, as a born-again Bible-believing Christian saved, you can still make a, a wrong decision that can hurt you or ultimately cause physical death. You know? Um, then it goes on to say, I am the door, by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in, out, in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what he's doing through reprobate devils like these ones represented at this 9-11 cathedral. Satan works through other individuals in order to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his goal. That's his goal for your life. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the next verse says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. So, I just kind of want to give these Bible verses in contrast to this all this rhetoric we're getting from you know the cathedral commissioner and spokesman and things you know how diversity was first and foremost and all this garbage Ephesians 4 4 says there is one body and one spirit even as you're called in one hope of your calling one Lord one faith one baptism one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. There's not multitudes of gods that you can go to to get to heaven. It's just one way. That's it. See, the New World Order can't have that. Satan can't have that. He doesn't want people to understand that concept. He wants people to be totally in the dark about that concept and to look at that concept as totally offensive turned off so that they'll have no chance of getting saved. Well, only the Holy Spirit can reveal it to you. I can't do it. I can't up here get up here through clever preaching and um, being some type of vernacular wordsmith convince you to get saved. I can't do it. The Holy Spirit has to be the one that draweth you. He has to be the one. It has to be the Holy Spirit doing it. That's why it's very important if 
you know, for you to maintain humility. Because if you start thinking, well, yeah, I led that one to the Lord, and <laughs> another notch on your belt type of thing, I'm not saying you are, I'm just saying in general, you know, the, I don't think the Holy Spirit's working through you. I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't work through you, but I think it's very important for you to maintain humility because no flesh will glory in his presence. And he doesn't share his glory with anybody. I don't want his glory. I want the Lord Jesus Christ to get the glory. As um, John the Baptist said, and I had a, a man of God write this in the margin of a book that was given to me one time. Uh, and I, I don't know the book chapter and verse on it, but where it talks about where John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he, meaning Jesus Christ, must increase after he baptized Jesus. That's really the essence of it. Us decreasing and Jesus Christ in us increasing through us. through Not by us, but through us. We being willing vessels for that to happen. So, going further with this wonderful article, uh, it goes on to say, back to the Fox News report, we certainly aim to appeal to as many in the country as possible. What men-pleasers. This is, so, this is just so disgusting. mealy mouth men-pleasers. We certainly aim to appeal to as many in the country as possible and feel that our events are not any one slice that could ever represent our entire country. But we are doing our best to commemorate the events as fits our mission, as fits Satan's mission, is what he should have put in there. I mean, I'll, I'll put it in the form. Whereas Luke 16.50 said, And he said unto them, and this is Jesus talking, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men. But God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. That is the essence of this whole 9-11, 10th anniversary, the way the governments laid this out debacle. It was very sad, and it's tragic. But the truth about 9-11 has been totally 100% suppressed by the, by the secular media. And now they've got the audacity to roll out Islamic imams and musicians and all these other reprobate devils to, to commemorate this event. It's all backward. It's just satanically backwards. And I'm just here to point that out, essentially. Hypocrisy at its finest. On Sunday night, the cathedral will host President Obama as he delivers remarks in a program called, quote, A Concert of Hope. Remember, hope you can believe in? Obama's motto. I'm believing in it now more than ever. I don't know about you guys, but I'm believing in that hope Obama talked about at the start of his presidency. I mean, can't you just look around and see it all? The hope's just brimming. Everybody's walking around with bluebirds on their shoulders, singing in zippity doo doo da and Jiminy Cricket's over there in the corner. Anyway, um, yeah, but um, let's hope you can believe in. Anyway, he's, um, he's hosting at this abomination of the cathedral here in Washington, D.C. as he delivers remarks in a program called Concert of Hope. At least five faith leaders will deliver prayers but those individuals have not been identified. Wow, is it like a big secret? 
Is it like, remember the gong show? It's a long time ago, and they had the unknown comic on the gong show. Now, that's before most people's times. It's like 70s. I was like a little kid when that came out. That had to be one of the most B-rated worst shows that has ever graced the airwaves. I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Anyway, that the unknown comic, he would come out. He would, he would have a paper bag over his head. And, and that's how I picture these, these five faith leaders coming out with paper bags over their heads. And what are they going to do, like pull them off at the last second? Oh, hey, here's who's going to pray. Like, I mean, I can see Satan here in their prayer, but it's sure not going to be God. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, anyway, then Weinberg said the president's event will be a secular service. What? A secular service. It's going to be a secular, it's going to be a worldly. It's not going to have anything to do with Christianity, for sure. We'll get all of our isms in there. Buddhism, Hinduism, you know. Every every other pagan thing we can get in there. But it sure is not going to, it's going to be a secular service. Never heard of a secular service at a, supposedly a church, a Christian you know, it's, it, they said it's uh, Episcopalian. Secular service. And then he said, but but said, given the setting, it will include an interfaith benediction. Everybody up on the same stage, praying to their given God. You know, if that's not the essence of paganism and witchcraft, I really don't know what is. Honestly, Christians should be praying against this, because these are like, Mass witchcraft services, what we're dealing with here. It's not something little and innocent. When Muslims get together in the street and block traffic and just make fools of themselves and, and, and shove their devil religion down our throats, like they do, they do this in New York City, I've seen the pictures of it. Understand, it's not just about what they're doing, it's about what they're accomplishing from a spiritual standpoint. It's mass witchcraft. They're praying to Allah, the moon god. It's not just, okay, look at me and and I'm going to shove my religion down your throat. It is witchcraft. They're practicing openly in the streets to the moon god, Allah. It's When you start thinking about it in those terms, it takes on a little different thing. These are things that Christians should be praying against. You know, that their witchcraft not prosper. That they be exposed. That if it be possible, their souls be saved. We don't pray that they prosper in witchcraft. Witches will get together in its purest form, and they will get together in their 13 group covens in a given geographical area and pray over a given geographical area for people to be blinded, for people to be slothful, for people um, to have, I don't know, maybe their health cursed, for people to be spiritually blinded, for against the um, churches that are preaching true salvation, they'll come against them in a witchcraft. They do this. This is how they practice their religion. And they take it, for the most part, they take it much more serious than the typical Christian you would meet on the street who call themselves a Christian but they're really you know it's like the Laodicean church they you know the Bible says you know them by their fruit 
We're going to talk about that subject a lot more today, actually. So, that's what witches do. This was the whole key why the United Nations and World Goodwill will announce the, the, uh, this invocation, this world invocation thing. I've talked about it in the past. Where they'll actually tell their members wanting to usher in the New World Order. Um, Maitreya has a lot to do with this as well. And they'll, they'll say that prayer where they're trying to usher in, essentially, the Antichrist and the false prophet. That's ultimately the goal. And that is done through witchcraft. It's something that's very important, I think, to understand in the day and times we're moving into, because the essence of the coming one world religion is witchcraft, and I've done several teachings on this, but just key in... um, Witchcraft in the search box at ContendingForTruth.com. Let's go further. Uh, the White House referred questions about the services to the cathedral. So, in other words, if you called the White House, they said, uh, call the cathedral. Uh, first and foremost, the breadth of the programming aims to honor, now this is the cathedral talking, aims to honor those who were most affected by the tragedy of 9-11. Man, this boils my blood. Weinberg said, this is the cathedral commissioner guy. Then he goes on to say, we also recognize as a cathedral that this country has been engaged in two wars abroad. So, let's just break this last statement down. He says, first and foremost, the breadth of the programming of this honoring process for the 10th anniversary of 9-11, which we had, this, our government had everything to do with, it aims to honor those who were most affected by the tragedy of 9-11. And then it said, we also recognize as a cathedral that this country has been engaged in two wars abroad. My comment, which I actually have in the PDF, is creating these wars were one of the main purposes of the government-ordered 9-11 attacks. In other words, because of 9-11, it gave us an excuse to go to war. War is one of the biggest money makers on the planet. It's been well known. War is a way that not only can you go in and decimate populations, and they've particularly done that with all the depleted uranium they're using, which they tip the ballistics with, which kills not only our troops, but them in mass and creates these massive amounts of birth defects and has like a half-life of a million years. And then there's the whole thing about the motivation to steal the oil and the, uh, the, the poppy, the, the opium in Afghanistan, which they, I mean, the, the, nu- the newscasts are there, where our troops were literally guarding the poppy fields in Afghanistan and were interviewed. The, the high-ranking people over them were interviewed, and they said, yeah, we've got to guard the poppy fields because if we don't do it, you know, these poor people would be, have no jobs. What? No, they control the drug trade. And the oil, everything that all these major, because drugs are to them a commodity, the New World Order. They control that. They fly it in. I mean, there's so much proof of that. But anyway, back to my comment. Creating these wars were one of the main purposes of the government-ordered 9-11 attacks, with a side benefit to the elite of incrementally stripping all Americans of their personal freedoms. Initially via the Patriot Act, I believe 1 and 2, and then Project Bioshield, 
which I got into a lot of this in the, my avian flu presentation. You can go watch up on YouTube. Just key in Dr. Scott Johnson or Scott Johnson, the avian, and you'll see the, you should be able to find it. I mean, through 9-11, not only did they get to go to war, but then they got, they, they got to bring in all this draconian legislation that would strip us incrementally of our personal freedoms. And impose things like forced vaccinations, if martial law were ever implemented, and the merging of the pharmaceutical industry and the military-industrial complex. Just fun stuff like that. Whimsical, little light-hearted stuff. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I go, and then... Finishing with my comment, if you doubt this, please please watch, and I give you the link here, The Real Truth About 9-11, Loose Change, Final Cut. I give you the link, you can just click on it and watch it. I never had anybody come back to me and say, I can refute this um, slide by slide, or, or scene by scene. Never, never happened. And it's just one of the many out there that do a wonderful job of refuting 9-11. They're just amazing amount of information. And it just keeps growing. And the mainstream news media just keeps ignoring. And then going back to the article, it says, so, Weinberg's comment, he says, we recognize as a cathedral that this country has been engaged in two wars abroad. And many, many service members, nearly 6,000, and of course that would count much more if we counted civilian lives lost. There are also a group that we want to keep in mind and lift up, meaning that the the uh, our troops, and then the, the uh, civilian populations. My comment is, yes, our government and military have done a wonderful job of taking care of our troops. Just watch this documentary to confirm this. It's called Beyond Treason. What you don't know about your government could kill you. Just watch that. It's all documented. I mean, it's from the actual people that were over there. Doctors that were over there. And, and um, the troops, and what, what has happened to them since they've come back, and all the horrific physical and mental problems these guys come back with. Um, and then just reading from the, the description of Beyond Treason, it says, due to images of a graphic nature, parental guidance is suggested. So I wanted to put that in there. Department of Defense documents obtained through the Freedom of Information Act expose the horrific underworld of the disposable army mentality. See, our troops are looked at by the elite as... Disposable. Use them up, throw them away. We don't care. That's how they look at the troops in whatever branch of services you name. So it looks at the horrific underworld of the disposable army mentality and the government-funded experimentation upon U.S. citizens conducted without their knowledge or consent. You know, I wish it wasn't that bad, but it it's every bit that bad. So I give you um, all the links that, that go along with these, these stories. And then I give you the actual, and I think Carl sent this to me. Thank you, Carl. Um, the, I don't know, placard for A Call to Compassion, 9-11, 10th anniversary, uh, Washington National Cathedral. Honor, heal, hope. Ugh, this is just so sickening. Then I saw this was sent to me by Carl also. He said, it says, Crane topples at National Cathedral. Comes down, quote, like thunder. 
A crane toppled at the National Cathedral this morning, sending its operator to the hospital, damaging two outbuildings and crushing four vehicles that belonged to contractors. The crane was lifting supplies to the top of the cathedral at 3101 Wisconsin Avenue as part of the ongoing earthquake repair. So they was already damaged from the earthquake, and now this gigantic crane goes down there at the Washington Cathedral. Huh. It's kind of like judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. Of course, I wouldn't call this the house of the Lord, but it's supposedly our spiritual whatever representation, according to, you know, whatever people in Washington, D.C. Um, it collapsed without warning at 10.55 a.m. We don't know why it collapsed, D.C. Fire EMS Battalion Chief John Donnelly said. Wind gusts of 40 to 50 miles per hour were reported in the area at the time of accident. The building that sustained the most damage was the Herb Cottage, which is next to the church house on the east side. Its roof was clipped by the falling crane. Now, this is something interesting. And see what happens is, as I go through these uh, articles and Bible verses just start popping in my head. And I really believe it's like the Bible says when it's expedient that... Jesus Christ said, it's expedient that I go, for when I go, I will send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he will guide you in all truth and, you know, show you these things. So, I believe, like a lot of times I'm reading this stuff, and the Bible verses just start coming to my head, and it's, it's the Holy Spirit. Well, anyway, the building was already closed to the public, and one of the handful of buildings on the ground surrounded by a protective fence after the earthquake. Herb Cottage is one of the oldest buildings on the cathedral grounds, and was originally built as a baptistry. Most recently, though, it was converted into a gift shop and sold gift cards, spices, and home decor. Maybe they have the Martha Stewart collection. Who knows? Anyway, um, which proceeds with supporting the cathedral. Um, I'm sure they're really strapped for cash. That apostate abomination. Well, this was the verse that instantly came into my head. Two verses. Matthew 21.12 And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats that were that sold doves. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. I mean, like when you go into, you know, Saddleback Church or whatever, good old Rick Warren, and, you know, they've got like a Starbucks in the church, and all of their you know, various and sundry things they're trying to sell and profit off. And then you go in there and they fleece the flock a little bit more by, you know, passing the old communion plate and, and uh, you know, and all these supposed faith healers that go around and solicit money and do all these things. The love of money is the root of all evil. And the house of God, for the most part, in America, has been turned into a den of thieves. I'm not saying every church. I'm saying the vast majority, though. And the preachers preach this lukewarm, watered-down gospel so they don't offend anybody, so that they can make more money, and so that they won't be ostracized, and so they won't be labeled. Well, the fear of man bringeth a snare. They just fear man. They fear man. They fear maybe losing their money. They fear losing their position. They fear maybe being voted out of the church. And then not only, and then not even mentioning the whole 501c3 corporate church garbage. Where does it ever say to do that? Yoke up with the government. You know, thou shalt yoke up with the government. 
and obey the law of the land, even though it contradicts the word of God. It doesn't do that. Did the apostles ever do it? Did Jesus Christ do it? Did any of the early church ever do it? No. It didn't happen. Because you cannot serve two masters. Anything that has two heads is a monster. Okay, And you can't have that. But that's the norm today. It's like every, all the ministries are 501c3. What? Well, so we can write it off on our taxes. Well, the Bible says that when you give, let not your right hand know what your left hand's doing. You know? That's not always possible. But I'm just saying it shouldn't be done so that you can be seen of all men. And I'm not saying that's the motivation for everybody that will give to a 501c3 church. But I'm saying that for a lot of people it is. And a lot of people that give to churches, you know, they receive preferential treatment because they give more than others and all this other stuff, you know. I've covered that topic many, many times. Just key in 501c3 in the search box on the homepage at contendingfortruth.com if you want to know more about that subject. Because that's one of the main reasons the church in America has become so defiled. Because they've yoked up with the government and the IRS, and they have to abide by their guidelines. And even if they don't abide by their guidelines, they should be, because they're the ones that signed the contract. Well, bless God, I'm not going to do whatever they tell Well, you're the one that signed the contract, Pastor, or you're the one that yoked up with them, or took over that thing. Again, I've done a whole bunch on that. I don't want to go down that anymore. But, um... Yeah, that's what the that's what the modern day church is. It's a den of thieves. And I don't know, I mean, I saw this, the crane falls on this one building that's already damaged. Right before this 9-11 cathedral program, they're gonna try to pull it off. You know? And the one place in the church where it's totally been turned into a, you know, like, you know, where Jesus went in. Where did Jesus get where was he most what was he most upset about? when he went into the temple of God. He cast out them that sold and bought in the temple, overthrew the tables of the money changers, and the seats of them that sold doves. Well, that would be the main place in this cathedral temple where they were making, it was just all about the money. You know? Kind of funny that that's the very place that gets damaged the most. I don't know. The cathedral put out put out of commission by August 23rd earthquake, is supposedly to reopen Friday to the venue for a number of weekend events, which is what we were just in reference to, around the 10th anniversary of the 9-11 terror attacks, with President Obama scheduled to speak there Sunday night. Boy, I'd love for the Lord Jesus Christ to have a visitation there Sunday night. And it'd be recorded that the whole world saw it. That all men would see and fear and declare the work of God that they would wisely consider of his doing. And the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in him, and all the upright in heart would glory. Psalm 64. That's my motivation. I want to see the Lord Jesus Christ get glory. I want to see the fear of God fall on this wicked nation. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm Mr. Perfect. Or that I'm, you know, whatever, above reproach, or I'm holier than thou. Uh-uh, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, stating facts. It would be a wonderful thing if we saw God's judgment in some way, shape, or form. So people would start waking up, hopefully. Because the way it stands right now, you know, most people are on their way to hell. Most people are blinded. Most people are under the strong delusion of Second Thessalonians chapter 2. 
And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. When is that time in regard to? It's regarding the end times. When there's a falling away of the church, that day shall not come, lest there be a falling away and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That day that they're in reference to is what many would reference it to in the Bible as the rapture of the church. Now, whether you believe in pre-, mid-, or post-trib, it says that that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, a falling away or apostasy of the church, and the man of sin be revealed. So a lot of people are saying right now, well, hey, um, I'm going to get raptured any second. Well, I think you can make an easy case that the church has fallen away. Sure. But you can't make a case right now that the man of sin's been revealed. Well, yes, he has. It's um, it's Prince William. The man of sin has not been revealed yet. Most likely, the man of sin is going to be revealed, and then he's going to enter into a covenant with Israel and the nations around that, and who knows how many other, and they're going to confirm this covenant for a week, a seven-year period, the seven-year tribulation. That hasn't happened yet. The man of sin hasn't been revealed. So the rapture of the church cannot happen before that happens anyway. So, again, pre, post, mid-trip, I'm not here to argue about that. But (laughs) a lot of people lose sight of that part of the verse. And they're thinking they're going to get whatever. And a lot of these people, and I'm not coming down on, on, I've got a ton of listeners that are pre-trip. A lot of them post-trib, okay? But I heard a comment the other day that a guy made on the radio, just that I was listening to, and he made a very good point. And I'm not saying this about any one of my listeners that are pre-trib, okay? I'm not saying this. I'm not accusing you of anything. But he made a very good point. And what he said, essentially, was that from his observations, what he has seen is people that are firmly entrenched in pre-trib doctrine... Basically, they've left the fight. Their their attitude is like, well, the more wicked it gets, the sooner he's going to come. And they just stop doing anything. They stop being a warning, being a watchman. Now, I'm not saying any of this about my listeners, like I said. Because I know a lot of my listeners that are pre-trib do not do that. But you have to admit that it is a, a huge excuse for a lot of people to like just... I'm not going to, I don't care about any of this this stuff. I'm going to be raptured. I'm out of here. And they get out of the fight. Totally. They don't warn people. People are going to hell in a handbasket. And they're just, you know, they're just walking, oh, well, whatever. I'm going to be raptured. I'm going to be out of here. Now, you have to understand, too, you, you look at a lot of people that die every day. For religious reasons, for in, in like in Africa and that, and these these uh, in the Sudan, you know, these Muslims go and they'll kill people by the thousands. It's never reported on the news. People in China, people in third world countries, born again Bible believing Christians, probably put honestly, probably put most of us to shame, including myself. Myself being at the top of the list. The Bible talks about of whom the world was not worthy, in like uh, Hebrews 11, when it talks about a lot of the people of faith. You know, that's how I kind of think about a lot of these people that literally give their lives 
for the faith. They die. I mean, talk about putting your money where your mouth is. You know, it's either deny Jesus Christ and live, or, um, or hold on, did I say that the wrong way? Yeah, deny Jesus Christ or live, or affirm your faith in Jesus Christ and die. And they choose to die. And that's honestly what the Bible says we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to go around denying the Lord Jesus Christ. You know. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved their lives not unto the death. They overcame the wicked one, essentially. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved their lives not unto the death. So that's that should be what we do. But there's been tons and tons and tons of people that have been martyred going all the way back to when the apostles were, that were looking, that were maybe hopeful that Jesus would come back in their day, but it didn't happen. Tons of martyrs, millions of them, have went before us and died. So, all I'm saying is that whatever you believe in regarding this the rapture, you know, don't give up the fight. Don't stop fighting. You know, it's easier said than done, but to live every day like it's your last day on earth. Like you're pulling people out of the fire. You know. And I'm not, and again, I'm not saying I'm the gold standard when it comes to that. I'm just saying I'm speaking as much to myself as I would anyone else. So, just something I wanted to throw in there, okay. Um, And I'm not coming down on anybody, any of my listeners in particular, because I don't want people to get that impression that I'm targeting somebody or whatever. I just, one of my observations. So let's go further here. Um, this is entitled, Petition Seeks 9-11 Ceremony uh, Invites for New York First Responders. The first responders to the World Trade Center on, 9, on September 11, 2001, weren't stopped by falling buildings and deadly debris. Uh, well, actually, a lot of them were. I don't know why I would say that, because a lot of them were killed, obviously. Ten years later, they're not letting the New York City mayor's uh, falling buildings and deadly debris... Hold on. Ten years later, they're not letting the New York City mayor's office stop them from trying to attend the 10th anniversary ceremony at Ground Zero. An explosive petition at change.org is calling on Mayor Michael Bloomberg to invite the first responders to the ceremony. If he doesn't, this will be the first year New York City police officers, firemen, and EMS workers are not allowed to attend. As of Wednesday morning, the petition had about 1,900 signatures. When Bloomberg's office announced the ceremony would be limited to victims' families, they were they cited limited space. But Jack Dewan, a fourth-generation firefighter whose uncle Jerry Dewan lost his life on 9-11 as part of a FDNY ladder company number three, he doesn't quite buy it. He said, quote, I can't, I just can't wrap my head around the idea of why you would keep cops, firefighters, EMS away. I believe they're also keeping um, Christians, anybody of a, of a uh, religious background away, I believe primarily focusing on Christians. Well, they're doing it with a cathedral thing. Why wouldn't they do it there? Um, he, said, he goes on to say, it would be like World War II veterans being told they, can, they can't go back to the site of Pearl Harbor on the anniversary, essentially. 
Okay, we are going to switch gears here now, and we've gone far enough where I'm going to go ahead and just end part one here, and we're going to switch gears and get into some different information in the next part. So, God bless you, and we'll see you in the next part. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613 or on the internet paypal can be used at contendingfortruth.com thank you and may the lord jesus christ richly bless you